Welcome to Opiso, a resource from Solano Community Church. My name is Rebecca Jones, and I'll be your host today. Opiso means follow in the language of Jesus' day. And the Opiso podcast is a space where we, as the Solano Church community, can explore what it means today to find and follow Jesus. So wherever you are on that journey, we're happy that you're with us. We are here today talking about a really important topic, um, Christians and social media. Um, I was talking to a friend about this and she asked the question, are we flirting with narcissism? Is this like the industry that we really shouldn't be engaging with at all as Christians? It's too uh, provocative. It changes our perception of reality too much. Um, That's a really important question. And I think as we're attempting to um, adapt to the modern modern context, um, there's just no way for us to avoid this discussion. So I'm here with two people who have done a lot of thinking on this topic. Um, so maybe we'll just start with introductions and um, how you started to think about this. You want to go first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so I'm Hayden Noble. I uh, am friends with Rebecca here. I do not attend Solana. I'm at uh, Reality in San Francisco. And uh, I'm from the East Coast, so pardon me if there's any cultural breakdown that happens there. Um, but yeah, I guess reasons I've been thinking about this, uh, a major one is that I'm in tech. So I'm surrounded by these kinds of the people that are running social media and people that are really into it, uh, both as content creators, but also um, as people that are building these platforms. Um, and I also am really social, so I care about these spaces um, and kind of being responsible with them. And especially with all of the uh, political things that have happened on social media over the last few years, it's kind of felt like my responsibility in some ways to like really think about it and maybe not just uh, be consuming it or kind of accepting it the way that it is as a given. Mm. And I'm Olesia Gordinsky-Castuera. I am a Solano church member. And I started thinking about this uh, just as I just kind of noticed my own habits and patterns with social media. I'm, I'm a very like people-oriented person. And so um, engaging in this way, uh, like I'm the person that this is like meant for. And so... Uh, I just started seeing all these things and, um, you know, you hear people talking about social media a lot more than like normal life. So I'm like, that's really weird. So I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, just that like people loving side of me really sees a lot. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good point that you guys are both touching on, which is that like, we actually have tremendous responsibility in the way that we're engaging with these platforms. Right. And, um, it's important maybe to distinguish what we're talking about when we're saying social media, not just the media more broadly. We're talking about social media. We're talking about the platforms that sort of incentivize individuals to create an online platform in which they can personally engage with, with content and with people. Um, so we're talking about like Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, uh, TikTok, all of the things that, um, we can't seem to put down. Um, so before we get into the more difficult parts of engaging, some of the things maybe we should be thinking about, um, there is also this really important question of like the positive aspects of social media, right? We definitely see that there's a tremendous capacity to uh, create connections across like space in a way that we really haven't seen before. Um, in terms of fundraising, um, people have the you know chance to um, 
build broad coalitions of people to get behind a, a important and particular issue. So I think there is something to be said about the way that Christians could use that space to um, do some solid good in the world. Um, but I think it also is really important to consider um, this sort of meta industry of social media. Like, what are we talking about when we're uh, discussing that industry? And I've been talking to Hayden a little bit about that because you've done a lot of uh, thinking about that. Um, I don't know if you want to maybe frame our conversation with that a little bit. Speak to the positives. Um, speaking, to do. Yeah, <laughs> speaking, yeah, just to the more the nature of the industry. Like, what are we signing on to as somebody who works in in tech? <laughs> well, to say what he does. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, um, for one social media frames itself as a service but it's not a service ultimately ultimately you're the revenue generator for them so their primary goal is to keep you on their platform because that generates ad revenue um which is i think something really important to know when you're kind of partaking in that system is like hey this thing's goal is not what's best for me per se those two things may align but it's not inherent to the system in fact it's quite the opposite Mm. So what types of behaviors um, does like this industry sort of incentivize? Um, I think a lot of it uh, comes down to, you know, they want to, they definitely want to keep you on the platform. So anything that they have to do to get you using it, to keep you scrolling and clicking and all that, um, they're going to do. And a lot of the kind of negative consequences of that um, come down to... I think for one, they will expose you to a lot of content that you care about. Um, It's all kind of catered to you. So it's kind of this, it creates this egocentric universe in which you're the center of attention and everything that you see is directed at you. Because if you lived in a world where you weren't the center of attention, maybe you wouldn't want to engage with it at the level that they need. Um, And so on one hand, that can be a negative in that they'll kind of build an echo chamber around you where you see a lot of content that you agree with and that you affirm. Uh, Or on the flip side, they'll expose you to lots of really controversial content so that you engage with that in an angry way so it's just like whatever it takes to keep you involved and feel invested in their platform even though maybe the actual good that you're doing by that can be really small or non-existent mm. and that's also not like super new i think it's just like taken to a whole new level like i'm just thinking about like you know if you ever like back in the day when we were just like flip through channels <laughs> um you know you'd sometimes like click on a uh, network you don't normally watch mm-hmm. and then the commercials are totally different mm-hmm. like if it's like the classic movie channel they're <laughs> all the commercials are aimed towards elderly folk you know like stuff like that or like a kids tv show you know so but now it's like i think people some people still don't even realize that like it's not just a coincidence <laughs> that you're seeing ads for this or like these people uh are like being uh shown to you on your social media it's n- not a coincidence right we need to know that <laughs> Totally. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff would have been passed on by word of mouth, too, which is really interesting, like the breakdown of quality of information. When that happens, I was just talking to someone recently about uh, re- like online reviews for restaurants. How like back in the day, it would be, hey, you should go check out that restaurant. And now it's like, oh, well, let, let's check the Google reviews mm-hmm. and see, you know, and just like there's no relationship to contextualize that information. And when you strip the relationship out of it, it's like... Yeah, it's dangerous. Dangerous game for sure. Right, that's a really good point. Um, 
that I don't think that we often consider because I mean in some ways our social networks have sort of been expanded sort of in this like really uh, huge way but maybe the depth of connection is not where it needs to be um, and I mean I start to see the implications of that in just the way that um, even sometimes family members sort of enter uh, I mean speak online it's kind of like for some reason dropping a comment or a like has somehow sort of translated to some actual form of affection right um, <laughs> when that doesn't necessarily mean that you've checked in with someone and sort of seen where they're really at this like online persona that we are um, sort of sending out into the world doesn't necessarily speak to like where we really are right um, which I don't know kind of brings up that question of like authenticity and what it actually means to engage with this in a way that is genuine right um, I think it's all really an illusion. Like, I know I said earlier, the, one of the good things is, like, seeing pictures of family and relatives. But I think that also leads to, like, oh, I see so-and-so graduated. I guess, like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to call them. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, we texted a couple things. Like, it really just takes away that opportunity, gives you this illusion of knowing what's going on in their lives, how they're doing, and with our f- friend with our like friend group or circle. Like we think we really have relationships with all these people and that we can maintain them. Mm. But like, it's really, it's very shallow. Mm. And, uh, and then it's like, okay, I have another person to check in with. Oh, another person to check in with. And then the person that the people that like are physically close to us, you know, in our actual community, I feel like a lot of times we end up ignoring them or they're just like another person to check in, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas the person, the people, really near you you can actually have a deep intimate relationship with and i think we're losing a lot of that Mm. yeah i do think we kind of undercut a lot of opportunities for relational growth like that's a major reason that i try not to share major news on social media until well after it's happened uh because i don't want to share something and then talk to somebody because i'm all excited about it and then be like oh yeah i saw your post Mm -hmm. like yeah okay well that's okay i guess this conversation is over now you know and it's like normally getting to rejoice with people over the good things or lament with people over the bad things in life is a deeply personal and relationship building thing and it it just becomes content in a way which is like it's crazy to flatten out something that significant into into a post on social media you know and yeah it's just so many negative consequences for that yeah i feel like this past year I don't know what's in the water, but I feel like I've seen so many, like, people that I would consider close to me, I've seen, like, significant announcements. Not even announcements, but just, like, I find some news, like, online, and I'm like, I thought we were close. Like, I thought we were related, and I found out through your pregnancy on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Like, what? (laughs) You know? Or someone moving. Like, Like, I really had to, like, look, you know, at your picture and look deeply to figure out that you were moving and you weren't going to tell us. Like... You know, like it's, it's, is that replacing? Like, or do we not, I'm like questioning my relationships now and like, yeah, it kind of hurts, you know? And I, but I think people have like become so just kind of like used to that way. Like they don't even bat an eye anymore. Right. And I'm like, what is this? Is this how it's going to be now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it it sucks. Yeah. No. (laughs) And it like, it's terrible because it's, it's such a rapid onset to all this stuff. Like humans have been relating in a very specific way for all time. Mm -hmm. And now here we are. And it's like, oh, the scope Mm -hmm. and the depth of the ways that we relate to people is changing dramatically in a very short period of time. And we're just kind of going with it. We're just like, okay, that's fine. You know, whatever. We can figure this out. And, uh, 
all of the crazy things that have been happening with social media recently and all the government intervention that is being threatened and all that, like, I think that's just a testament to how we're playing with fire and playing with something that ultimately we don't have the coping skills to be able to handle um, in a lot of ways. Mm. Okay, I'm really just super... Um, this is really intense, and to just think about all the implications, it seems kind of daunting. But I'm, I really want to bring this question to both of you guys. Like, for the person who is a Christian, who has this conviction about social media, but actually doesn't... I mean, also really sees a lot of positives. Do you guys recommend engaging in it? Or do you just... Do we just go cold turkey and we just, you know, cut everything? I mean... If I were to recommend that to someone, I would have to do it myself. <laughs> like, that wouldn't be fair. But I think if, like, no matter what you do, I think probably it would be better to just, like, cut it out. Or, like, do some, like, only do it on a browser. Or, like, if you have really strong discipline. Like, but I think you have to go into it very, um, very aware of what's going on. Like, if you haven't thought deeply about, um, about what you're seeing, what you're posting, if you're not, like, really thinking deeply about what you're posting, like, it's gonna be there forever, you know? Then stop and think, or just, like, take a break. Because there's so many questions that we don't, um, that we don't consider, you know? And, um... That's that's my answer, and I hope we get to talk about some of those mm-hmm. questions to ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think... Uh, I mean, listen, there's, there's a reality that um, there are lots of systems and technologies and things that are vying for our attention and our loyalty, and uh, that's everything in the world. Even... Uh, both secular systems and Christian systems can uh, try to like get your loyalty in a way that could compromise your your core values, um, and but we can't avoid these systems. Like these are spaces where people are. Like uh, politics is a perfect example of that. Of like this is trying to take your loyalty and to shape your values. You. I do think there's a responsibility to engage politically at some level, but um, you have to be sober-minded about the fact that that thing is going to try to usurp kind of what your professed higher values are. Um, So I think ultimately, you know, I'm not going to say you should or shouldn't use social media, but I do think we have the responsibility to know the system that we are engaging with and to be sober-minded as we are participating in that system. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I feel like as we're thinking about a lot of these different arenas, there's this question about um, how we are, how salient our sinful nature actually is to us, right? So I'm thinking about just our pull towards insecurity and the tendency we have to sort of demean other people who are like image bearers, other Mm -hmm. people who just have different convictions than us on a lot of things, right? Um, There's something about being in that space, space in social media where you... um, for some reason are uh, sort of allowed to sit with a lot of the sort of like, um, I don't know, inner conflict, turmoil, um, disdain for a lot of people that uh, I just don't think that you have the same agency to do in the real world, right? Even thinking about the way that um, in the sort of height of the political season, just how quick people were to just like get into fights online, just via Twitter. Right, as if like a lot. I mean, I remember I was talking. We did a, a book club with um, Solano with about uh, the Ant campaign, which is a political campaign run by Christians who are trying to sort of navigate the space between um, conviction and compassion. Um, and I think 
we were talking about having these discussions with people via text. And I remember just talking to a friend and I was just like, I just don't think that these conversations are just so deep and there are just so many convictions that are held so closely that I don't think that it makes sense for us to get back and forth over 140 characters. Like that doesn't make sense to me, right? Like these, um, there's a certain level of um, intellectual humility that we're kind of asked to have when we enter into these spaces, considering that people are really just like sharing their hearts and I don't know that social media kind of creates the space for us to actually engage with that in a way that's um, God-glorifying. I don't know. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. I don't think there's any opportunity for helpful conversation at all. <clears throat> I think, I mean, I think we, like, we at this point, we've, like, heard and read, like, studies about, like, you can't, um, like, Twitter... Um, uh, it, like, basically promotes just, like, anger and, like, you know, like, s- people saying stupid stuff, people reading stupid stuff. You can't have those conversations. We know that, like, without a face and a person, like, in front of your face, like, um, like you can you can be really, really mean, you know? And, uh, like, things out of context, I think, is just kind of, like, a, a big theme um, overall, the, like, the social media. Like, you see um, little infographs. I'm so sick of those dumb little infographs mm. on uh, Instagram because people, people think just because you can draw a colorful, like, little infograph, you have authority. Like, who are we giving, like... Who even is this person? Do, like, did you know that that's like a 14-year-old child? Like, no, you didn't know that. And people, like, they send each other this dumb stuff. And like you are saying, like, that last year's, like, <laughs> like, the height of all that craziness. People were posting, like, people close to me were posting this, like, ridiculous stuff that I would, like, I was just so shocked to see. But then I... I never had those conversations in person. Yeah. Granted, I didn't, we didn't see a ton of people, but still there were people like you could call, like we still saw each other. Right. I never heard those things like from their lips. Like it blew my mind. And I was like, this is so weird. And part of me is like, would, is it like, would they say those things to me in person? Like they posted something that like actually really sounds like they're talking about me, like, mm-hmm. or like my I don't know, my group of people or, you know, like, would they say that to my face? <clears throat> and then that make, causes me to think about stuff that I'm posting. Like, am I thinking about a certain person? Am I thinking, am I responding to something in like a secret way? Like, remember, I don't know, I feel like I'm a little older than you guys, but remember in like Facebook, when you, when we first got it, like it was like sixth, seventh grade. And like, we would all just type like random stuff to like random people. We'd be like, Jimmy, you, you know, like we wouldn't like say people's names. So we'd be like, you broke my Heart. Like mm-hmm. I'm so mad at you. Da, 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 da. Subtweet. Right. Like you, you try to, you try to like talk to someone without talking to them. So you'd post it on Facebook, you know. But we're still doing that. Mm-hmm. Except now we're like talking about groups of people. Like mm-hmm. it's so silly. Like everything is out of context, and you cannot have a real conversation mm-hmm. in that. Yeah, but that also like monopolizes your time too, to where it's like I'm doing all of my supposed good deeds of like trying to convince people to do the right thing in this platform that's almost meaningless <clears throat> and then the relationships that actually matter where I have a relationship with people and I can actually influence them in a positive way is like not getting my time and yeah that's just like the whole trap of the whole thing but this I mean 
And a lot of this uh, comes down to the fact that we're designed to relate to each other in a specific way. And there's like mm-hmm. this set of feedbacks socially that exist mm-hmm. that reinforce positive behavior. So if you say good things to people or you take the time to explain things to people, people rece- will receive it better and all of these things. But then you take all the, all those uh those positive responses that you get where it's like, oh, you said a good thing, somebody responded positively, um, or you spoke into someone's life, and now you get this little hit of dopamine because you're like, I did the right thing. It's like you take that, and then you put it into this other context that's totally lacking in a lot of the guardrails that would exist in a typical world, and then ultimately it's all about you. Like ultimately, you're getting positive feedback from social media, but engagement, likes, clicks, whatever, um, that is affirming you not for doing something that's good, but for doing something that would be uh, typically be moderated and isn't all of a sudden. And so it's like you are having behaviors that are completely unchecked, that are being reinforced in the way that checked mm-hmm. behaviors would be reinforced when you're having a real right, conversation. Right. Yeah. I'm curious, um, Alessia, because you're a teacher and you are working with um, students at a very young age, can you speak at all? Are you seeing some like actual sort of effects of this type of engagement um, with your students like in real life? Or is this something that you're encountering a lot? Um, well, I mean, it's like it's hard to say exactly, um, but I, one thing I do notice like from just kind of like my middle school days and then just like like some of my early days of teaching like before social media really took off like and it's so weird technology changes so fast and I'm not even 30 yet like and I can say like before this and it it's really different but kids are um I mean, there's the obvious thing, like the, 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 like body image insecurity, like that's huge. And so much of that comes from like social media. I think like here in the Bay, like we're so like intellectual, we're like, we judge each other on, on our posts about like how smart you sound or how much of an activist you are. But I think there's also like, um, just like that image, uh, just like a, you know, posting pictures of just like looking good or, you know, mm-hmm. like kids are into that. Like they want to, they want to look trendy. They want to be whatever is like the trendy image. And like, um, they're getting more and more insecure. Like they're hating their bodies more and more, like, especially girls. Like, and that's just, that's been a trend for a long time. Um, but the big thing I notice is that kids are like really stressed out. Like not only are they absorbing, um, they're absorbing the stress from like of their parents, you know, in this like omniscient, like in this weird omniscient world where you know that all the bad stuff that's happening all over the world, like they feel that stress, mm-hmm. they feel it more. Um, but they also like, they, they feel this like moral responsibility to fix those things. They feel like, um, and they're like legitimately stressed out. Mm-hmm. Like, like I would talk to them be like, you know, how, how are you guys doing? And, and some kids would be like, I'm just, I'm really stressed out about like climate change or like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, dude, you're 12, you know? And, but they're like emotionally distraught about like, or like whatever's happening. And it's okay to like, I think even young kids can like engage with what's going on in the world, but they should not be like distraught about like something that's happening far, far away because they cannot handle that emotionally. They can't, they can't change that. They can't impact it. They don't even know how to, you know, but in this world, like we're kind of like, oh, did you know what happened in like Vermont? Mm -hmm. Like we need to do something about it. But like, if you were really to do that, like you would go crazy because there's literally (laughs) crazy stuff happening all the time. So these poor kids, they're just like, 
they're they're so stressed out. All right. You're making me think of, I mean, this is the point that I think Hayden was making earlier, but just like whether or not we can sort of acknowledge our limitations when we engage with this platform. And it makes me think about even like, I think when I'm online somewhere, if I'm at Trader Joe's, um, the pull for me is to just like reach for my phone immediately, right? And to sort of like assume responsibility mm-hmm. for like the network of people that I'm around, right? I gotta do this, I gotta talk to this person, but I'm not God. Right. And there's something to be said about um, the practice of silence and solitude that I feel like we're sacrificing a lot in the way that we engage with these platforms. Like, yeah, it would give me tremendous anxiety if I didn't take the time every single day to think like, wait a second. I actually have a lot of limitations to what I actually can do and who I am in the world. Right. And I mean, there definitely is something to be said about the implications on like our kids, like what will, what kind of world will, do they think that they have to sort of cultivate and change? And um, there's definitely something to be said about having responsibility and wanting to do good in the world. But this other idea that, and especially if you're coming from a place that um, isn't rooted in a Christian worldview, like, of course, you're going to think that you have to solve racial justice or, um, yeah, climate change. These are huge topics. It can't really rest on anyone's shoulders. Yeah. And I would say the word isn't, they wouldn't use the word like limitations. Mm-hmm they would be like set boundaries Mm. because uh limitations is like not a word that like at least like you know like in school growing up like you can do anything you can be anything you want to be like as long as you work hard like i mean sure but there are limitations you know but that's not like something that is in the vocabulary of like education and then you know like people my age are like wait, it's actually, I do have a lot of limitations and they're like really disillusioned mm. with like what they, uh, what they grew up with, you know? Yeah. But self-limiting is like really important, uh, for humans specifically. Like I think to, uh, like Babel and also the flood with this whole idea that like humanity gets together. We, in, in Babel, I think they invented the brick or something. So it's like, oh, this is our new technology. Um, and things get crazy because it's just, and God even says like, oh, when humans are together, like nothing can stop them. Like they can do anything. Um, and like God gives us creative power and he tells us like, uh, go and do all these things, like be creative. Like I am, like I'm creative. Um, but with that power comes the responsibility to say, okay, like what are my goals here? What are my values? And where do I need to actually check human development? Um, in order to kind of retain those goals. Um, so like one uh, super easy example that's not social media is uh, cars. Mm-hmm. So like when cars were invented, the scope of how far you could go, like who you could interact with, your choices over what businesses you were going to, um, all of that changed. Like the world changed completely. People knew their neighbors less. Like there are a lot of really negative consequences to this. Um, and that's not to say that cars are a problem per se, but it is a technology that gives us more power. And anytime we give ourselves more power, we need to be conscious and self-critical of how it is that we're utilizing that. Are we building ourselves up? Are we building a world in which I get to make all the decisions and I get to make the world look the, the way that I want? Um, and again, this is just a consequence of the fact that we're creative and we invent and we progress. But the question is um, that I want to pose is, are we putting progress over formation? That is to say, are, is it about developing and advancing and taking advantage of these new technologies, or do we care about being the image of God mm. and being transformed further into the image of God as Christians? And those two things can conflict in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. And then I think about 
also like being a light where you are Mm. because I think um I mean just this morning a neighbor down the street introduced herself and she's like oh I think we're neighbors and I don't even know you and I'm like yeah you're right and I still don't know like most of my neighbors but it's just like it's just the larger trend of like life today like you you choose what kind of friends you you know you have the ability to to go anywhere really so you can choose who you hang out with you choose the activities you can choose what church you're in you know and then on social media because you have access to the whole the whole world problems you instead of like you get to choose how you want to like appease that like conviction in your heart you know about like you know being responsible um and trying to help the world like you get to choose like how you want to um you know seem uh i don't know like helpful you know and so um whether that's just like posting you're like oh i spread awareness you know meanwhile you're like ignoring your (laughs) own community because you don't like if if there's a certain problem in your own community in your family in your church community and they need your help and you're like ah well it's you know, I'm, I'm not going to go help these people right. like in Minnesota or like whatever, you know? And yeah. it's like, yeah. well, no, like you're, you're in this location and, um, we're just like used to everything being at our convenience. Mm-hmm. So it's like convenient for me to only be friends with people that, um, I get along really easily with, or like that are really easy to like, or that are fun and interesting or like, you know, I can, I'm only going to serve like in ways that I like to serve, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, which that goes back to, you mentioned earlier, Rebecca, like silence and solitude. I feel like that is mm-hmm. the sort of thing that has to be employed to actively yeah. rebel against that. Mm. Like you, when you're silent and in solitude, like you have to be present to yourself and the space that you're in. Um, and again, it's like, we can't just be in that space forever, but I think it's important to cultivate in it this uh mindset of being locally present and even the secular world is like um picking up on this they're like like meditation apps Mm -hmm. or you know or they're like write down like what you're grateful for at the beginning of the day like even you know be away from your phone for five minutes like well christians we've been like doing this forever Mm -hmm. like why aren't we spearheading this you know and like you 100 percent need to be alone with your thoughts that could be scary but you need to do it right. otherwise you're just being pulled by the world constantly yeah. yep. I'm thinking about like just what it means for us to as like people who are trying to follow Jesus like we want to be growing in our awareness of him we want to be growing and just like listening to his voice and like Dallas Willard um, he has a book called Hearing God one of the tips that he gives in it is that um we would just be cognizant of the names that are like coming to our minds like often. So it could just be that like God is sort of like just spurring us on to pray for somebody, to mm-hmm. think about someone. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, I can't really do that. I can't really listen to the voice of God if he's speaking to me. If I'm checking social media every five minutes and looking at what everybody in my high school was doing, right? Yeah. Like you can't be super uh, attentive to the direction and purpose that God has for you in that moment, in that season. Like, yeah, that's just a really difficult um balance to navigate you know and we have to realize that it's it's not like we're not just like being compassionate by like checking in on everybody like you can't do that like what's you know you're you're truly loving you know when you're um really engaging with the people that are near you because i feel like we have this false sense of like compassion like oh we need to like it's good to like check in with everyone you know but like no you really need to like go deep with the people that you can and 
like we said, limitations. You right. have to, you can't do it with everybody. I'm wondering if that's actually one of the ways that, like, as believers, we shine a light for Christ and acknowledging that, like, we're just not Him, right? <laughs> so, like, yeah. if, even talk, talking to some of my friends who are very much um, really driven by this desire to sort of do justice in the world, which is really, really great. It's an amazing desire, but there's an extent to which my convictions become my pride, right? Mm. And being able to know that line is huge for just being a disciple, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, God puts you in a certain time and place for a reason, you know? And, like, there's a lot of significance to that. Um, and it's something to be conscious of. One thing to keep in mind, um, I'm thinking about First Peter 5.8, which says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Um, as Christians who are existing in the space of social media, um, the modern context, we know that there are very like physical, there's content, there's division that's happening in the physical realm, but we also know that there's a spiritual realm that we can't see, right? So there are forces and principalities that are fighting that aren't necessarily in our line of vision, yet we trust mm -hmm. that um, they are real because God tells us that they are real. Um, so I don't know if either of you, whoever wants to start, wants to speak a little bit on um, maybe a way or things that we should be considering as we're trying to be cognizant of the spiritual forces that are at play even in social media. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring in uh, Ephesians 6 specifically, um, verses 10 to 12. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So I don't think that we tend to think about that layer whenever we engage with systems in the world, whether that's politics or in this case, very specifically social media. Like, sure, there are people that have profit motive in the way that they set up social media platforms, but a lot of these things do start as good ideas. I mean, Twitter was like a group messaging thing initially. It's just kind of, hey, let's connect with people that we may not be able to connect with. Facebook has a lot of huge benefits of, you know, talking to your relatives that you're not gonna see because you just moved all the way across the country, as is my case, you know. Um, so like there are there are good things there, but I think it is important to recognize that uh, there are uh, powers beneath all of those things, and there are a lot of other things that are vying for attention or trying to make themselves the main thing in our life or the thing that we that we care the most about. Um, I love. Uh, David Bennett wrote a book recently called War of Loves, which is really great, um, which is about him kind of grappling with his sexuality. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is that terminology, War of Loves, I think is so important because it's like, okay, there may be things that are good, like things that we've got. This was challenging for me as a straight person because it's like, okay, what do I care about the most in life? Like if I have this thing that I desire, am I still ordering that underneath my desire for, for God and the things that he has for me? And um, uh, I think with social media, it's the same thing. It's like, am I approaching this knowing that it may want to make itself the main thing in my life and that the devil will use those things to uh, get my attention on uh, something other than God? And what's, what's crazy is like, it kind of sets up this Eden, like Garden of Eden paradigm with the fruit where it's like, oh, here's this thing that'll make you feel good. Um, and 
you have to be self-serving to take it, right? Like to take mm-hmm. the fruit. But in doing that, you aren't just making yourself feel good. Like you're enslaving yourself to another force completely. Mm-hmm. Like you are a slave to the snake at that point and eating the fruit ultimately leads to death. And so it, it's like, that's what happens. When you usurp God, you don't lose your master. You just have to serve a worse one at that point. Um, and like, who's to say that like the idea of knowing what good and evil is, is inherently a problem. But it's like when you are seizing it for yourself and making those decisions, that's when the problem comes in. And I think with socials, this is a a huge space where it is designed to serve us and to gratify us. And we may take of it thinking that it's a good thing without acknowledging the fact that we may become a slave to something else in the Mm. process. Mm. That's so good. Because not only do we serve... Like, do we serve social media um, with our time? I think we didn't even talk about time, but, like, that's an obvious one. Like, so much time. Like, it's so easy. Um, But also with, I mean, with, like, with your attention. And you may say, like, oh, I care about, like, God, my church, my family. But, like, let's let's calculate the hours. And, like, (laughs) who's really, who's the real winner here, you know? And social media is terrible master like mm-hmm. to to live in that world it's just like all the expectations it's such a burden it's yeah. such a burden like you have to know what everybody's doing you have to post something really fun and adventurous and cool and intelligent also you have to appease all these people that are making infographs and like you know no it's it's very cruel yeah and it's, it's a huge sacrifice of your time for so little benefit you get nothing out of it that's like the big thing you know and again, it's like you feel good, I guess, sometimes, maybe, in the same way that like maybe a drug addiction would be. But it's like, what am I actually doing right now other than feeling good? Like nothing generative is And it happening. is like an actual addiction. Oh, yeah, like, totally. Right? There, there's like studies about that. Like, yeah, all the dopamine. But, but everyone's like, oh, it's like just, it's just fun. Yeah. Mm, I don't think so. We just just take it. It's just like, okay, cool. Yeah, this is what we're doing now. And don't think about it. We really need to be doing that. (laughs) Yeah, we really do. We need to be really, really thoughtful about these things. They're not coincidence. Like, they are structured and engineered to Mm -hmm. look a certain way. Um, And and I feel like we're at the age where um, the early days of social media, maybe it was just like a free for all, you know, like everything was just, it was all like kind of level, but now, I mean, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. You know, nothing is random. Nothing is just a coincidence. Yeah. There definitely are like narratives driving the whole thing. You know, there's not like robots that are, genuinely thoughtful about whether or not content should be promoted or whatever. It's people, they have a worldview and they're behind the scenes and you never see them, but they're, they're pushing that and it presents itself as this objective space when really it's not. And we treat it like it is an objective space. Yeah. And now like, there's also this sense of urgency. Like we, I feel like we're living in a just constant state of urgency like you you need to like you need to know what's happening like what just happened in India like right now you need to post something about it like we need to spread awareness and da 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 like that's also a really burdensome way to live Mm -hmm. you know like and so people most of the time post something before really understanding something and post really hurtful uninformed false things I think that that's such a like deep point to really consider because I'm thinking about like the whole Jordan Peterson phenomenon like 
this guy, he's a, a intellectual in Canada who has kind of just like gone viral in the American space in terms of um, a lot of social media platforms. A lot of people are really resonating with the messages that he's sending. But I think the reason, one of the reasons why he's so provocative right now is because like he really takes a lot of those sort of one dimensional arguments the one one dimensional narratives that are sort of just like plaguing this generation and he like is speaking to them with like nuance and complexity Mm -hmm. and i think when i think about like our own intellectual development and how much we want to give god our mind i think i love listening to him talk because in some ways like he, he almost like glorifies glorifies God by like how deep he goes into discussions how like much he engages with ideas like I don't think that we're really being trained to think like that right now especially I'm thinking about like the amount of Twitter things um, Twitter feeds I've been reading recently where people will just say these like very non-nuanced and honestly usually not truthful like statements about Christianity that it's slogans one-liners and it's just like taken as fact just like that you know and most of the time it just like I don't know I just think it's degrading the way that we're engaging with a lot of these discussions and I mean that's just something to be wary of you know I mean that's that's like the biggest thing I think like especially in Twitter like I don't know I feel like I hate Twitter the most (laughs) but there's there's zero room for nuance and understanding like if if you think you can like beat someone in an argument in in how many characters 140 it was 140 now it's 280 oh wow okay but I'm not uh, on Twitter but still yeah there's no there's no nuance like the conversations that you see they're, they're not like okay I see how like you're right on this point or I could see how you got that but I think that like that's not happening, you know, and and that's not it's not that's not how real conversations right. should go. There's and and I feel like that's how like I'm seeing kids think like right. it's this or it's this. It's black and it's or it's white. Like right. what happened to nuanced critical thinking, understanding, like some sense of trying to understand each other, mm. you know? Yeah, but I like I feel like it's kind of advertising for ideas in a lot of ways. Like let me make this punchy and something that can go viral. Because ultimately, I, j- I just care about the engagement, and right. I don't yeah, care about actually engaging. <laughs> they want their little f- fame, so it yeah. is back to narcissism. All right, well, that's full circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only other time this has been mentioned, the intro, but it's been under the whole thing. Yeah, there's so much that you could go into. We could end here, but is there anything else that we want to say? or? Um... I guess just my, like, overarching advice is echoing what John Tyson at Church of the City, New York, uh, says a lot, which is to always be asking yourself the question, who am I becoming? And um, anytime that we are partaking in any sort of system or new phenomenon or whatever, or even uh, something that's inherited that our, you know our nation's way of doing things or our world's way of doing things, we have to ask, like, if I'm participating the way that I am, what is that doing for my spiritual formation? What does the future me look like if I keep <clears throat> going down the road that I'm going down? And that that is going to take, in some cases, like some pretty serious sacrifice and rejection of things that may have some merit to them. Uh, but ultimately, what's the goal here? Is it to be super happy and satisfied or to get the dopamine hit from big engagement and going viral? Uh, or is it my relationship with the world uh, as an ambassador for, for Christ? At the end of the day, I think it's important to like cherish, cherish the time away 
from all the social media and like let God shape us. Um, rather, let God and the people that are close to us mm. in our lives shape us rather than the people without names, without faces, like these like random people that may or may not have authority. Like listen to, pay attention to who is shaping you. You know, um, mm-hmm. is it people that tr- that you trust and people that actually care about you or are you looking for affirmation from um just people that you've like never met or maybe people that only affirm you mm. because if they only affirm you they're definitely not they don't really care about you you know yeah, yeah. i just um i thank god for just his ability to elevate our thoughts and our minds to be focused on the things of heaven and the kingdom of God. And it just feels like with social media, in so many ways, we just accept a really, really destructive counterfeit. Um, so anyway, I thank you guys so much for this conversation. Super helpful to me. Um, and for everyone listening, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode.